The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 51, recorded June 4th, 2020. I'm one half of the hosting team. My name is Joe Becker. Welcome. And with me, as always, is my good friend. I'm Michael Diaz, and I'm two-fourths of the podcasting team <laughs> that's actually pretty funny michael how, how you doing i'm doing pretty good joe all things considered i mean 2020 has been one hell of a year yeah no kidding i i i mean i really had reservations of actually recording today because my mind is not necessarily in in the space um but i'm glad you kind of pushed me through if anybody hears any odd noises, I'm actually outside on the patio recording today. You might hear an occasional chicken, something like that. But I wanted to be outside because the air conditioner is too loud and I don't have a studio. Neither do I. I'm in a, I'm in a cramped a spare bedroom where the <laughs> AC is way too cold. Well, you know. I'm not complaining about the heat. I'd rather have it open, but... Uh, couple people in the family can't uh, breathe very well when it's all the pollen and stuff so we keep the air on so they don't get too uh too oh, much allergy i get so. that i'm allergic to everything well not yeah. really it's not necessarily not that bad but i still I have allergies yeah you're allergic to good taste sometimes whoa <laughs> wow the wow. dicks start early <laughs> no so this is a again this is an odd week i, I mean there's so many things happening um in the country right now. It, it, and I think Michael and I are going to try and tackle this in a different way. Not today. Um, but I don't think we're going to make any announcements right now, but until we can get something going, but we do want to talk about the situation and maybe how it affects our, our world. Um, Indeed. so that, that'll be coming up in a, in a future episode at some point. But today, so, today yeah. what are we going to talk about Joe escapism, right? It's the only thing we can do right now. Let's face it. I mean, geek culture has always been an escape. It's a fantasy. It's It takes you to another world. But, uh, you know, after the, the last several months, I think we all need a little bit of an escape, whether it's from the monotony of being cooped up because of COVID or the last week or so or longer of protests and violence and whatever, you know, police violence, uh, looters, rioters, but protesters. I mean, there's a lot going on in 2020. If if someone said 2020 was going to turn out this way, I think everyone would, would have called bullshit. But here we are. And um, I hate saying this, but we're not even six months into it. Fully almost yet. Six, we're almost halfway through 2020. Yeah, and it feels like it's been two years. I fully expect NASA to announce any day now that a massive asteroid is heading our way. We could use that. We might unify everybody. An alien would be perfect right now. If ever there was a time right. to be attacked to by an, an alien, we could certainly use that right now and come together as some kind of planet. It's like Independence Day. 
Yeah. Maybe they'll blow up the way. No, I won't go there. Um, Whoa. Nah, I'm not going to go there. Um, (laughs) So, Michael, what have you been doing to get through all this? What have you been watching, reading, listening? Well, I won't go too much into it because I think you're going to touch on it more. But I have finally forced myself to watch. Not forced. Because I love the Clone Wars as much as I did that final season, I finally dipped my big toe into the world of Star Wars Rebels. Very, very proud of you. How far are you? I, I want to say I'm about six, seven episodes into the first season. Okay. But, that, like I said, I'm just dipping my toe there. But really for me, and I'll, I won't, like I said, I'm not going to talk about it much because I think that's more your thing tonight. Well, I mean, I'm gonna t- you might you started it. I might as well have a discussion about it now. Since okay. We're both on it. Um I'm back. I, I've been watching again. Uh, Rebels is, you know, why I work or something, and it's in the background because I know it. And I'm already in, I think, episode five of season two back through it because they just keep playing. Um, right, right. So it just goes. And it's, I just, I just like what they've done. I, it's, it's amazing how much I really care about these characters. I said this in the last podcast. So, uh, where in the storyline are you are you finding yourself getting a little more involved or are you still more of a passive yeah it's fine kind of thing it's still early for me um i'm getting a little bit more involved um not enough to know all their names yet i, I always forget the purple guy's name i don't know why no wait zeb is it was zen zeb zeb yes i can remember that now <laughs> the funny thing is i don't know why i always forget his name but, so, like I said, I'm, I'm about six, maybe seven episodes in, so I've already gotten a little taste of his history, mm-hmm. so I just found out that his race was basically exterminated by the Empire with uh, Biddy's disruptor guns. Right. So, very tragic, you know, to find out that there aren't many of his species left, um, which is interesting because it... My favorite Green Lantern, I know we're taking a turn here, but my favorite Green Lantern has been Kilowog for 30 years now. And his origin story is very similar in that, Mm, well, he is the last remaining member of his race, at least when I fell in love with the character. I don't know what his current history is. I haven't been following along uh, recently with the Green Lantern and the various members, but he basically took all their consciousness, all the consciousnesses of all the people on his planet and put them inside of his ring. So they're still there. At least hmm. that's what that's what the story was 30-some-odd years ago. But obviously we're not quite to that level here in Rebels, but it it made me, it was a, a touch point where I was like, I can get into this character, I think, now. He's a really good character. He's more complex than just a an oof or, a, you know, or a, just the heavy, you know, he's the muscle, but, uh, and they play him as the muscle, but he, he, he evolves. I mean, he, he gets further and you really start to care about him. I mean, obviously him and, um, and, uh, oh my gosh, my head's Ezra again, Ezra. Yeah. Him and Ezra get into it a lot, like brothers, you know, and it's, it's easy to see. Um, did you get past now? I don't want to give anything away. Did you get, I can't remember what episode it was where they steal the TIE fighter. That, I think that was the last episode I watched. That may have been okay. episode six, but yes. 
it's kind of like where she sent him out on a mission to get nothing just to kind of the, for them to hang out to get the melon or whatever. Yeah, basic supplies, but then the yeah the the bugaboo or the yeah the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here the uh, MacGuffin was yeah the, the fruit that she knew they weren't going to get, but just to keep them right. really long. Yep, that was good. Yeah, just to get them as to get them to connect, and they came back with one that they, they weren't did. supposed to get. They did, you know. So no. it's a good show. Yeah, I like you said, and I'm seeing that you know, like you described already, that's kind of like this kinship, this brotherhood, I can see that forming already because let's face it, Zeb did not like Ezra the first few episodes at all. Right. And then I think it was episode five or whatever episode was previous to the one I just watched where Ezra basically saved him. Right. Saved right. his life. So but then it's funny because knowing that He's basically sh- shaped around the idea or the first concept of a Wookiee. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny that Ezra brought up the fact that, you know, in a lot of cultures, you know, when you save someone's life, then, you know, they got to do everything for yeah. you. It's kind of like that. There's a lot of things that in in Rebels that if you're a hardcore fan or if you notice all the little things, they throw them in there. And it's not necessarily fan service. It's just like, okay, well, you know. If you're just watching it, it doesn't. It's it's kind of like we talked about before. If you if it's part of the story and it works well, it's great, and they do a good job of of getting those little nuggets in there for people that really follow the uh, Star Wars storytelling. I think, anyways, from cr- ships. <laughs> well, what did you send me yesterday in a text? Oh yeah, was, so this was yeah. yeah, it was like an episode or two before that. It was either four or five yeah. where. I'm like, is that really the star? Is that really the star tour ship? And is that really? <laughs> well, it's kind of like from Mandalorian when they brought in the. Um, I think it was actually in Rebels too, uh, the uh, toy that was made for the stormtrooper transport, and they brought it into into uh, the Mandalorian in the, in the last couple yes. episodes. So that was a toy. wasn't never It was never shown until. In live action, anyways, until Mandalorian. But I'm glad they know, did that because it, it, you know, eight year old Michael freaked out. That's the thing. That's that's the nods, right? If you don't know, it doesn't matter. If you didn't know, that's what it was. But if you do know, you're like, oh my god, that's cool. People are like, what are you talking about? You know. So I, I, I that's the one thing that Rebels does very well. So you, did you get was I can't remember which episode. Did you get to the Lando Calrissian episode? I, mean, oh, I, I, go, no, I have not met Lando yet. Okay, sorry. I think it's coming up. You're not really spoiling much. I mean, I mean like I said, I, I figured he'd show up. I mean, we just saw, you know, Bail Organa. Right. So right. I, I fully anticipate seeing this whole show be sprinkled with cameos from all kinds of people from the Star Wars, you know, canon. There's a few. There is a few. And it goes in great directions. I... You know, once you get through the first season, I, I think you'll really be hooked. I really do. It's, it, you'll see a very familiar writing style from Clone Wars where, like, you know, the last two episodes are typically more important or set something up, you know, of the season. Like mini, mini long movie, you know, mini, mini movies, I guess you could say. Much like uh, Clone Wars was. And he does that. Not much different than Mandalorian. If you, the last two episodes of Mandalorian was the uh, redemption and something like that. I can't remember what the 
seventh one was, but you know what I mean? Like seven and eight were basically one story yep, or one episode. So yep. two halves. Yep. Yeah. And he, he tends to do that in, in these as well. Part one and part two. So you got that to look forward to. I think I am. Like I said, I, I'm enjoying it so far. I, I, I can't say that I love it yet. But like I said, the the whole Star Tours thing, that was a lot of fun. And of course, I immediately had to message you and go, seriously? But yeah. All right. It works. Whatever. Right. And I mean, that's what's been occupying my time. I rewatched The Mandalorian again, which was surprisingly fast when I watched it all at once. And I'm glad they did not release it all at once. Just by watching it all at once, I was like, wow, that was done so quickly. Because um, they're roughly half-hour shows, so it's really just a four-hour movie. And, you know, that would have that would have just sucked if I watched it all in, in one sitting when it came out. I would have never had that time to think about it. And I'm I'm just glad they did it that way. I'm glad I don't I know the people will say, well, that's just trying them to get money and all that stuff. But you know what? I think it's better storytelling to wait. I just do. It depends on the show, but. I agree with you. There are pros and cons to each, and the weekly approach does build anticipation. I think the fun question would be, what would it be like to sit down and now watch Picard straight through? Would it be just, you know, would it be as good? Because I thought Picard was awfully slow. Right. You know, 10, almost one hour episodes around there. I'm also, you know, it's a bit longer than The Mandalorian, but. I'm wondering if Picard would actually benefit from a binge because maybe it'd feel less slow. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe something to think about for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's been the... It's kind of like going back to the familiar. That's what I do sometimes when my head's not in the game in in this world. I, I haven't really had the uh, attention span to read um, a lot like I usually do. Uh, Talking books know, or comics or both? Anything, anything really. Um, I'm looking at a screen all day, and it's very hard to, um, you know, get back and. I hear you. I'm in, I'm in the same boat where, you know, no one loves a long commute. I don't think. Well, maybe some people do, but most people don't. My commute home from work, you know, pre and hopefully post-COVID, is around 30 minutes. Which is the perfect timing. That's like perfect. It's nice because my, my ride home used to be about 20-ish minutes. I preferred that, but 10 more minutes is not the end of the world. But it, it does give me a chance um, to wind down a bit. You know, I, I, I step away from my screen at work. I get in my car. Nine times out of 10, I throw in a podcast or an audio book, and I use that time. It's constructive and mm-hmm. relaxing. So then I get home and then we do dinner and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, in COVID world, you know, the end of the day hits and I stand up from my dining room table where I've set up my work area and there's, there's no decompression time. There's no, no, you know, oh, I'm, you know, and it would feel weird to just move to the couch and watch a podcast or listen to a podcast right then, you know? So, cause I don't know, the drive home, I have to drive home, so why not right. make use of that time? But I'm already home, so if I just sit there and listen to a podcast for 30 minutes, I feel like I'm wasting time. Yep. I, I'm in the same dilemma. I, I don't really leave much, so 
you know? So, and like you, I, I do like to read, and I fully admit I prefer paper, you know, an actual book I, in my hand. I don't. I love my Kindle. Well, love okay. it. I, don't get me wrong. I love my Kindle, too. I love it that it's small. I love that you can pack it. I mean, mine's got over 100 books on it right now, and it's. I think I still have another gig or two of space. Right. But I still prefer paper-bound books. But let's face it, they're big. They're heavy. I can't bring 100 books with me everywhere, physical books with me. So oftentimes, yes, for me to decompress, I'd like to read. But I don't want to go from the computer screen right to my Kindle, just because even though it's LCD, and not LCD, sorry, it's e-ink, and it's better in my eyes than the LCD screen, I, I want to get away from technology for a bit. So I've actually been reading a lot of comics lately. Because mm-hmm. then I get that, that paper experience. It's not obviously harsh on your eyes. Not that e-ink is, but it gives me a minute to decompress and chill out. So I've actually read quite a few trades and one that I'm going to bring up right now is just because I know you've already read it. I'm halfway through it, but I'm really enjoying the house of X slash powers of 10 reboot. X-Men reboot basically. Mm -hmm. That, uh, when did that, when did that become trade? You know what? I want to say it was months and months ago because I, I pre-ordered the hardcover that collects both in one hardbound oversized copy. I pre-ordered that like the second I could. Um, So I got it the day it came out. I could probably check my order thing, but it's it's been at least a few months. I'd say it's been at least, well, I brought it from the office with me home so I could read it when I left for, you know, the whole COVID thing. So it's been at least three months. So I would say it's been a good five-ish months. Yeah, that's quite a bit of time and it's just that it's definitely a reboot but I like the way they've done the reboot so spoiler alerts if you haven't read it yet we're probably going to end up talking about some things and spoiling things so for sure for sure it's been out for quite a time so it's not like you know right 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 but just want to say it out loud I don't want someone oh Diaz you said that happened and I wasn't ready well yeah so the reboot aspect based around Moira Mattaggart dying and reliving her life. Mm-hmm. It, it, it works so surprisingly well. Yeah, it was <laughs> now the difference between, I'm, I'm not sure how your trade one is set up because I, I had to get the comics. I got them when they came out, um, in the subscription. So you had a, a certain order that you had to read them in. Um, it was either, you know, Powers of X or House of X. And then you would say, now the next one, you got to read the House of X. And then after that one, I say, you got to read Power of X this. Like it was not read all the House of X's, then read all the Power of X. It, it flip flopped. Nope. So, and I, and this, no, I can't say for certain because I'm not tearing it apart, but it, it started with House of X one. They went to Powers of 10 one. Yep. But I don't think it's gone back and forth the whole time because I think there have been a couple stories like, I think around. I think it does a couple in a row, then another couple. Like it, yes. it's not straightforward. Put Correct. it that way. Because okay. I want to say that I just read two issues in this collection of Powers of Ten, back to yeah. back, right. before it then moves back to back House to, of X. Yeah, yeah, it does that. I just wasn't sure if that's how they put it into the book. Yep, 
That's how they've done it. And I like it. I like it a lot. And it's just, it's interesting because they, the way they've basically wiped away, like cleared the deck, but yet still made it so the Marvel Universe still exists. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, Marvel Universe has been you know, rebooted several times anyway, but I'm just, I, I, it seems, I mean, it's funny to say, but it seems natural and I, I like it. And I like that. I just read the suicide mission that took place a uh, hundred years in the future with apocalypse and Wolverine trying to get the origin of Nimrod to find out when he first comes online and they, they get all that and they, uh, they know it's a suicide mission. They know they're going to die. The whole key is to get the information of Moira because when she dies, the reboot happens, but she gets to keep that information. So she'll know when Nimrod's coming online in the past. It's pretty ingenious. It is pretty ingenious. Now, I've I've read the X-Men off and on for probably 30 years now, if not more. Have you, or is this really your first jump on board the X train? Uh, from a certain point of view, yeah. I've read, you know, issues here and there. You know what I mean? Um, but it is it is something I jumped on. I mean, I read some Logan, you know, stuff like that. and um, Yeah. As a, as a full-on new series, yes. That's fine. It's obviously... The perfect jumping on point. Yeah, but I didn't buy the second. I mean, I didn't start buying the second one either the, after the series. <laughs> so I'll probably wait to read it. What do you mean? You didn't buy? What did you not buy? After this, there's a part where, the, you know, where it ends at your trade. It ends and then there's a, another series right after, but it doesn't flip flop. I think after that. Right. There's a, well, yeah, basically that, that ends and then they restart the whole. Um, X Men line, so it begins with X Men number one, and then there's right. And I didn't, so I didn't keep going, is what I'm saying. Gotcha, gotcha. That's fair. Um, well, it was it, it, there were so many like um, when you, when you're pulling scripts, you know, I you know I try to keep a budget, and I don't want to. And they're very good at that X Men. Like here's one, here's two in a week, then here's another one next week. Like there was it was starting to add up money wise, so it was it was more of a, a money decision. For me, oh, I I totally get that. That's the entire reason why I stopped collecting single issues. Yeah, I I couldn't keep up, and it was just too expensive. Trades are simply cheaper, right? In the long run, for sure. Yes. So, which reminds me, I need to start back up on Afra. Oh, good call. Um. So, for me, I got back. I know the very issue. So when I got into comics, I won't go too far into it, but that's fine. I started with, uh, as friends at the time teased me about, I started with the Warmonger comics. I started by collecting GI Joe, then GI Joe Special Missions, and then the Punisher. I still remember mm-hmm. the first issue of the Punisher I bought. Um, and that's when I it was around that time where I figured out. Or I was first exposed to the direct market. I'd always just bought comics off the newsstand, right? Right, right. But sometime in seventh, eighth grade, found out about Argo's used books here in Grand Rapids, which is a comic book store. 
and a used bookstore. And the first time I went there, I remember it was summer. And I remember X-Men, Uncanny X-Men was going on a bi-weekly release for the summer. It was That was their thing. Every other every other week is a new issue of X-Men. So yeah. I don't know what it was about it, but Uncanny X-Men number 236 grabbed my eye. I can see it in my mind right now where you see Wolverine and Rogue kind of tied up like deer, you know, on it, you know, on a stand or on a pole, a buck pole tied up. And there's a soldier on either side of them. You find out later, these are soldiers from the country of Genosha. Um, And it was something about the cover just grabbed me and I had never bought X-Men before. I was not really into a lot of superheroes at that point yet, but that cover by Mark Silvestri grabbed my attention. And that's what a cover is supposed to do, right? Absolutely. I bought that issue and found out it wasn't even the first issue of that particular arc. What was the number? 286? 236. 236. I'll look it up. You know, this was back when Chris Claremont was writing the book and he had some great ideas. Basically, the whole gist is that the country of Genosha um, is, think of it as like a South Africa analog where instead it's the humans that are in charge and mutants are a subjugated species. Yeah, you can buy this issue for seven ninety five, bro. I own it. I know, I'm kidding. But if I wanted to buy it again, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and I loved it. I wanted to know more. So I went by and bought two thirty five, because that's you know, that's what you can do at a direct you know, at right. you know, these these comic book stores, you can go back and buy ish back issues. So I bought two thirty five to start at the beginning and I was like, Oh, that was good. I want to buy more. So there you go. Next thing I knew, I'm an X-Men collector and have been off and on since then. So it's, it's been a while, 30 odd years. You know, it's funny, this particular series that we're talking about, what I kind of liked about it was, um, Dr. X didn't seem as powerful or is in control or is in control is probably a better word. You Professor know? X though, right? Yeah. Professor X. Sorry. I said Dr. X. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm okay I with like, that. No, I, yeah, I liked it. I liked it because, you know, because of the movies, I'm, I'm jaded from the movies, not jaded. I, I liked them. Um, he was like, he could do anything he wanted at any time, really stop the world if he wanted to with his mind. So yeah. it just felt like, you know, it was, he was a little less powerful or, or, or not as in control as he could be. Because of the many the many deaths changing the uh, timelines, you know? Yeah, you know, and I think, so one of the interesting things about this collection, which I'm, I'm thinking they did in the individual issues too, is every once in a while you come across a data page. Yeah. That just gives you information, some background information. Now, I, I can't say for certain, I'd have to look, go back and look, but there was a page that lists a bunch of the Omega level mutants. Yep. And I want to say that previously, not, you know, before this series, I want to say that previously the Professor X was listed as an Omega level mutant. 
now don't quote me on this, but I don't think he was listed on this one. I don't remember. I, I know Magneto was. I don't, I honestly, I don't remember. And I know Jean Grey was, and I know that, you know, Quentin, uh, you know, Quentin, oh, I can't remember his last name, um, is as well. So I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think he was listed as an Omega level. He probably is. I'm probably just remembering wrong, but I do feel that, yes, they seem to have nerfed him a little bit, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Professor X doesn't have to be all-powerful all the time. No, and that's what's good about it. Exactly. So, obviously you read the whole thing. I'm only halfway through, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And it's it's reinvigorated my interest and love for the X-Men. And I do, I do like the twists and turns that, you know, we've seen Magneto as a good guy before. Yep. I know he, you know, basically led the New Mutants for a long time in the 80s. He's come and gone, come and gone. But now to see him, you know, all in white and knowing what he knows because of Mora's knowledge, because of her many lives. Right. And him and Charles working together. It's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm psyched and it's, it's a new direction to go. And I'm, I'm really curious as to what they're going to do. I know I'm talking months after the fact, yeah. but most of you all there probably well, already know what's going on. God, I want to ask you something, but I'm afraid if it'll give too much away. So you can ask. I, well, I can't remember if they talked in the you're in what what episode what what chapter or whatever you in what book? I'm about halfway through, so I think I'm in issue six right now. Okay, so they've talked about like the the I believe the the, the planet just for X Men or the world. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to give that. I thought that was really cool. It's kind of like uh, going back to the socio political nor. Uh, messaging that x-men has always been good at oh yeah oh yeah they've they've made re- reference to that already so you know you haven't ruined anything we're good okay good all right good so yeah you've got a lot you've got a it's a good second half it really kind of picks up some speed too believe it or not and i already have the trade for x the next volume of x-men you know the first five six issues so so i know you said you know it's about money you know you couldn't go out and buy every single issue I already pre-ordered every single first trade <laughs> <laughs> because I want to see where it goes though. I'm already hearing some buzz that some of the titles are just crap. Right. So well, I've pre-ordered so I can always cancel if they, but I'll give them each a try. And if the ones I like, I'll keep going with, but the ones I don't, I won't. Right. Yeah, And I'm still bummed that high Republic is pushed back. So I won't be able to get any of those comics. So that's how it rolls, man. I will say this, uh, a little shout out to our local, one of the local comic book places, um, Vault of Midnight in Grand Rapids was hit and vandalized over the last few days. So, um, broken windows, things got stolen. Um, so hats off to them. They, they had a really good post today in, in Instagram and was really quite positive about it because of the community coming out the next day to help them out and clean everything. But it's a place that I care about. It's a place that I go to to get my things. They're super, super nice, super inclusive, like extremely inclusive. That's the heartbreaking thing. Um, they're such the opposite of what I thought a comic book store used to be, where it was the guy behind the counter, like in Simpsons, you know, and uh, or um, Big Bang Theory or whatever, where you're kind of outcasted if you don't know anything in there. They're very, I've, very, I've very been inclusive. I've been to those shops, and yes. Yeah. 
this one is very much flyer freak flag. If you're yeah. a geek, we've got something you're into. Or even if you're not, you know, that's the whole thing. Even if you're just a casual person that wants to, they're very, very helpful. They don't yes. care, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of them. And they don't care who you are, or what you are. And it kind of hurts when, a, when, a, when, when you know a company that has nothing to do with what happened, you know, got kind of got hit. So, well, not to get too much, but I did like the other yeah. post was basically the gist was we're going to be fine. If you want to donate to someone, donate to a black owned business. Which, yeah, which I followed through on what their suggestion was. Aww. Anyways, you, Joe. Uh, not really. I'm just a. So it's so little that I can do. I mean, I can do a lot more, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but for me, the, the past week or so since we've talked, I, I really haven't dove into a lot of things. I, I'm, you know, I, I read a lot of the gossip crap on thing, not gossip, I guess, but like the geek news stuff, you know, waiting for the Zack Snyder stuff, the things that come up here and there. And well, that's know. a topic right there. Let's, let's go with that, Joe. What, what's your go-to site for geek news? Oh, you know, I, I this is really bad. Inverse is one, but I, it's only because I have I go through Apple News, and it just kind of curates it. So it's it's kind of you know I don't go because it's inverse. I read it through the Apple News app. Gotcha. Um, That's fair. So yeah, there's a whole Star Wars section, and you know a lot of Star Wars theory stuff in there, and um, you know there's a movie section, um, that kind of thing. So. But it goes to inverse a lot, which which has a lot of things there. Or comic book something. I can't remember what that. There's a comic book one that I go to a lot. Um, I don't want to say comic book news. That's bad because that that's not what it is. Comic book resources. But probably. I guess that's the sad thing for when you uh, when you read things in an aggregate like this that the brands get lost. Um, but at the same time, I probably wouldn't have read it in the first place. You know what I mean? So it's a little right. conundrum for these um, content creators. Um, to be put into a news aggregate, but hey, I wouldn't have I'm come across them anyways. Much, not much different from you. You're using the Apple News. I'm using Google News. I, I use all of them. I, I mean, I use Screen Rant as one. It's just called Comic Book, for, by the way. Anyways, it's just called Comic Book. Oh, yeah. But I, I also right. use Feedly, and I've got a yep. bunch of different geek blogs that I read off of. That I, 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 I use all of those too. Yeah, you're like me. I use that as well. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, I'm watching or reading a lot of the Star Wars stuff as usual and some movie things that keeps my head from going too far inside myself, you know, uh, in these times, like I, I need something to pull it out, but then I can't, I get to these things and my, my attention span is just not there right now. So I read a few things, but yeah, meh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Seeing as we're talking about geek news sites and whatnot, let me throw this one out there. It's not necessarily a geek news site, mm -hmm. but if you're familiar, uh, there is a writer, creator, man of many hats, Warren Ellis. I may have mentioned him before. He's probably by far one of my favorite comic book writers. Yeah, you mentioned him for sure. But sadly, he doesn't write a lot of comic books anymore because he doesn't need to. Um, he's one of the... He's basically the, I don't want to say creator, but head writer, I think, is probably the best description for the Castlevania anime that's been on Netflix. Right. I haven't watched that. Have you watched that? No, I, I, 
I'm interested in watching it just because I've heard such good things about it and because he's involved. So you know it's not going to be... Right. I just know it's not going to be something completely stupid because... Right. He is really good. He's got a really good attention to detail and craft and storytelling and blah, blah, blah. So um, I don't have much interest in, you know, Castlevania based on the old Nintendo days. But the fact that he's involved does make me somewhat interested. So I bring him up because if you're into weird geek type news, and I'm not talking geek news like, oh, this is, you know, this comic book and this is this movie and stuff. He, he comments on that a little bit. But he's got a newsletter. So if you're ever interested, I highly suggest you to subscribe. You don't have to. I, I get no money out of this. <laughs> but he has a very interesting newsletter where it's basically he talks about his craft. He talks about what he's working on. He talks about geek stuff. But then he also has, he fills it with interesting sections. It's kind of like almost like a, like a fanzine of sorts. He finds other creatives and brings them in. And so one of the one of them is a guy that collects old um, I don't want to say paraphernalia, but kind of memorabilia mm-hmm. from the space race, like different brochures and collectibles from Lockheed and other such companies from like the forties, fifties, and sixties. You know, that are pimping their products and moving into space and need stuff like that, and it's it's like a time capsule. But then also he works with this, lately he's been working with this visual artist who, he calls it his news section, and she'll use different stills and whatnot from the news, but then, you know, words and stuff. It's all, it's basically just an art piece, and it's called Here's the News, and it's just, you know, that's fairly new he's been doing, but he listens to a lot of music, so he, he has a whole music thing he goes on about. But he, it's all very sectioned, and it's not very long. I'd say the read is maybe five, ten minutes tops, if that. And he kicks them out weekly. You don't have to pay for it. I mean, he'll, obviously, he'll take tips. He, he likes that. But um, if you ever want to check it out, it's called Orbital Operations. And you can literally just go to orbital, orbitaloperations.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there. Again, I get nothing out of this. I'm only mentioning it because I enjoyed it. I It's my Sunday morning wake up. I wake up on Sunday morning and it's in my inbox. And I take the five, ten minutes it takes every morning when I wake up. And just that's how I start my Sundays. And I find it very enjoyable. But you don't have to sign up. If you go to the website, you can always access the latest newsletter version there. So you can check it out. And if you like it, then you can sign up. So... Just throwing that out there. It's it's a different it's geek news in that it's it's geek topics, but it's not necessarily just news about, you know, sci fi and all that kind of stuff and comics and Star Wars, Star Trek. Anyhow, just want to throw that out there. It's one of the things that keeps me happy. That's cool. You know what I did catch this week that really helped me escape? You'll hate it. But uh <laughs> Well, when you say it like that, I'm I'm really eager to hear what it is. Yeah. Well, it's already been established you hate it, but I did watch uh, Josh Gad's The Lord of the Rings reunion, and it was flipping awesome. Oh, no, I, I don't mind that. I've I've watched two episodes of his Reunited Apart show. Yeah, but this will this will mean anything to you because you didn't oh. you didn't you didn't see the movies. No, that one didn't mean anything to me, so I'm going to skip that one. But I'm saying oh, the gotcha. show as a whole, I enjoy. I've seen the Goonies one, yeah. and I've seen the Back to the Future one. So yep. tell me about why this one, why it spoke to you. 
Well, A, it's Lord of the Rings, and you've got, I mean, the actors in it are fantastic, and you can see the true family of what they went through to make that film, films, even though it was all, because it was all shot at once, and the incredible um, creativity and just, just, it just looked like it would have been a, such an adventure to make that movie, and when you have the director there and everybody there and, you know, Ian McKellen and, um, Ian showed up. Oh yeah. Everybody, everybody from the fellowship, basically. Vigo. Yes. Okay. Hugo Weaving. No, he was not. Okay. Okay. That would pretty, pretty much surprise me though. That one's, you know, yeah. Um, but pretty much everybody that was a star was on that, you know, even, um, Oh my gosh, Gimli. Um Jonathan Rice Davies. There you go. Is that him? Yep, that's him. I so he's he's me. there. You had, you know, it, it was just really moving to watch everybody come together and talk about the movie and talk about how it was made. Um, especially just love seeing Ian McKellen doing again. And and then he would make them if you watch any of the Josh Gad things, the reunited apart. They make him read a couple of lines from there, and um, but everybody was there. Even Andy Serkis, or Sean Bean, Sean Astin. Uh, well, Kate Blanchett was not there. Um, now, but, my question uh, here is: Did Sean Bean show up right at the beginning, and then about ten minutes in, he died? No, no. <laughs> but there's a nice little nugget there where the whole, um, you know, everything that's a meme that's out now, like one does not simply walk into Mordor. And then that became a meme. Like one does not simply, and then they put something after that. And it's the Sean Bean shot. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? That meme that's out there. Okay. It's old. It's one of the oldest memes ever. Um, but what was great was, you know, Peter Jackson, he said, you know, that scene, they came up with that scene five minutes before they shot it. Uh, that line. So, he actually wrote the big words on his knee, on his knee. So you see him kind of look down. He's actually just reading it because <laughs> he didn't know what he was supposed to do. He's like, here, read this, put it on his knee. And that was the beauty thing when they talk about this is the movie was really made a lot like a uh, uh, guerrilla filmmaking with a little bit of money. and A little bit. But with the, the professionalism of everyone is just it's just cool. Maybe want to maybe want to watch it all again, even though I watched it like two weeks ago. But um, you know, that's one of the great things. So many awesome legendary moments from film come from improv like that. Yeah. Or we need to make this take real quick. We're gonna do this and yep. it becomes immortal. Yeah. And letting actors do what they do. Say, you know, um I mean everybody knows the legend of I know from Empire Strikes Back. So, <laughs> right. But yeah, it was. It's it's a good. Even if you didn't see the movies, you might enjoy uh, the back and forth because you can truly see like th- these people. Even though it's for charity, they loved seeing everyone. There was none of that. There was no fake. I mean, they all got tattoos together. They have the same tattoo, making that film. Well, okay. So I I already I know this, and you already mentioned it, but yes. They filmed all three of those movies back to back, correct? Yeah, that one time, yep. Now, a normal movie shoot can be anywhere from like six to 12 weeks, given how remote it is and whatnot. So how long were they together filming? I believe it was almost a year and a half or something like that, almost two years. 
and they, they maybe even longer. I'd have to look it up, but I, I mean, they were there for, it was quite a bit of a, that's what I mean. There was a commitment. There was a damn commitment and they lived together. They were, they were basically their own city there, you know, in New Zealand shooting. Um, so yeah. Insane. I mean, like I said, I, I respect the films. I give you shit because <laughs> they're fantasy, but that's just my own proclivities. I, I've tried to like fantasy and some very small amount of fantasy I like. At some point, I'll probably try those films again, but for whatever reason, I just didn't like the first one. But I, I respect them. I know they're classics now. I know that they made all the money, and I know there are very passionate and rabid fans about them, at least as passionate, if not more so, than Star Wars. Um, I, I will say this. I'd be interested to find out if um, people became fans after the movie, or was it ones that read the book that became... Uh, you know what I mean? I would, I'd be interested to know. I have to believe there's a mix. Yeah. I mean, name someone... I mean, it's, it's rare, but name someone that's not a Marvel... Cinematic Universe fan, but how many of them actually read the comics? Oh, yeah. I think that's a bigger, for sure. I think way more people. I, I mean, I don't know how many. I mean, obviously, biggest movie of all time. Many. I mean, even my girls wanted, went and wanted to go see uh, Endgame. I'm like, you haven't watched the you last know, this is another. Films. This is another tangent. So this will throw you on a tangent. I, you know, Endgame. You know, at the end, at the end of Endgame, and they're at the funeral. Yes. And everybody's there? Yes. Why the fuck wasn't Coulson there? That would have been the perfect time to bring him back to the universe because he's not dead. That's a fucking big miss. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm angry about that. I don't know why it hit, it hit me today, actually. <laughs> like, wait well, a minute. He got screwed. He put them together. No, that would have been a beautiful way to like, oh, they do know Coulson's alive. It would have been well, really nice. Have you That's been amazing. watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, I'm not gonna. Well, I'm not saying you should, but he. I tried. That's the that's that's my Lord of the Rings. I tried. I gave it three seasons. I was like, this is bad. Hey, you went one more than I did. I went two. <laughs> Wasn't the third season with uh, Ghost Rider? When no, nah, no, that was whenever they went into space. I'm like done. Whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. No thanks. No. Um, I haven't been watching it, but I thought, if I remember correctly, Coulson died again in season six. And so he technically... Well, he, he back. I know he's back again. He's so, back for this final season seven. Yeah. But I think technically, and I could be wrong, and please, listeners, correct me. I'm sure you will. But um, I think he was technically dead during the period of the funeral for Tony. Whatever. I don't care. They should have brought him back. He deserved as an actor and as everything went on as a, as a character to be there. My opinion. I don't disagree. For those that disagree, you can write to Michael Diaz at, no, it's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or you can actually email us at kybercast at gmail.com. You can. We will respond. You can. You can, you can, you can. I'll make Joe respond though. Yeah, because I'm a lousy writer. <laughs> I know my limitations. I can barely talk, let alone write. <laughs> hey, we've got a handful of listeners. <laughs> that we love. 
We do. Absolutely. Anything else making you happy, Joe? Uh, no. <laughs> I did start, uh, I did, I, I did start, um, letter to the King on Netflix, which is pretty interesting. What's that? It's a, it's another, you won't like it. It's fantasy, <laughs> medieval <laughs> fantasy stuff. You know, everybody's trying to find that new game of Thrones. I think, um, it's not like game of Thrones, but it's, you know, medieval, but with wizardry and stuff like that. But, uh, has a really good twist in it that that I did not see coming, and that's pretty rare. I'll be honest with you. I usually see twists in writing, and and they, they got me in this one, and I think they uh, they did a really good job of doing it too. So if you guys are bored, that's a that's another little nugget show that you might want to throw on. It takes some time to to gear up, but uh, for those that are Lord of the Rings fans, the actor who plays Faramir is in there for a while. Um, so. That might be some kind of connection anyways. Oh, nice. He was also, Faramir also played uh, in the Iron Fist. He played, played like the bad guy's dad. If you remember him. D- David Wenham is his name. He's also in the movie 300. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yes. So, but it's a decent little show. I I, get, I do look forward to, to finishing that one up. Maybe I'll do What's some of that tonight. Letter to the King? Letter to the King, yeah. Okay. Other dragons? Uh, I haven't seen one yet. Okay, so just medieval so far. Yeah, or it's uh, but there's a little bit of magic. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's good, and it's I'll say it's pretty inclusive show as well. All right, all right. Well, I'm glad that's making you happy. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. Now that I mentioned, I think I will probably stay up and watch some of it tonight. There you go. After I edit this bad boy. <laughs> oh, they'll be editing. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, especially with their internet and my internet issues at the beginning. But you don't get yes. to hear that, listeners, because it's being cut out. That's right. What about you, Michael? Anything else you want to talk about before we bid yeah, this I one to do? A couple more things. Again, I get nothing back for these. I'm just extolling them because I'm a geek. Um, there's a couple graphic novels I want to mention. Okay, three. I'll mention three total. And the reason I'm going to mention these three is because the first two come out from TKO Studios. Mm-hmm. And I think I may have mentioned them in a previous podcast because right now, 50% of all proceeds of anything you buy from TKO Studios goes to your local comic book shop. I mean, if you had bought something at a local, you know, a TKO, a TKO comic at your local comic book shop, they, I think they would have pocketed 10 bucks. Right. They want to keep comic book stores alive. So they're saying, even if you buy from us, you, you list and they've got hundreds of comic book stores. When you buy from us, you pick your comic book store of your choice. We'll give them their cut. Even though you didn't buy it from them, you bought it directly from us. We want to make sure they get money. Which is cool. So I bought two books at 20 bucks a pop, a book called Sentient and a book called Sarah. Um, Sentient, the whole gist is this uh, colony ship that's heading off away from basically Earth has been totally screwed. You know, environmental collapse, blah, blah, blah. People are trying to live somewhere else. 
something happens on board the ship where all the adults die. And it's just full of kids. For an COVID? No, it's not COVID, but oh, okay. I don't want to give away the plot. But let's just say you can now, if you go to TKO, TKO as in technical knockout, or technical knockout, is that what it stands for? If you go to TKOpresents.com, they offer every single first issue for free via PDF. It's the try before you buy. So if this premise sounds interesting, go to their site, you put in your email address, and you get the first issue in PDF format. That's cool. So I don't want to ruin it, but just something happens, and the AI on the ship, which usually just is concerned with piloting the ship, needs to now become a mother of sorts to the ship full of kids. Cool. So I mentioned that one because it was just, I want to say today, nominated for an Eisner Award for Best Miniseries. Oh, cool. So some kudos there. Um, the other book I bought from them was Sarah, which was um, it's written by Garth Ennis, who has been famous for writing Preacher, who wrote Extended Run on The Punisher, and then Punisher Max. And he's also really well known for doing his exhaustively researched World War II war comics. And this one is one of those. It's six issues about the Russian front and female snipers, and it focuses all around one particular sniper named Sarah. And technically, I think this book came out a year, year and a half ago. It's the best comic I've read in maybe five years. Wow, that's a big, that's a bold statement. It, like, I got done and I was just like, wow. It's that good. I loved wow. it. So I want to pimp those two. I've been, I've been enjoying those. Like I said, those both come from TKO Studios, but the website is tkopresents.com. Go there. Like I said, they have a bunch of other titles. I plan on checking out some more, but these were the two that really grabbed my eye first, read their first issues. Not at all upset with what I got, and I, I really enjoyed them. But the one I really want to pimp is this comic, a collection that just came out from Boom Studios, who is getting more and more into, well, maybe that's not the way to say it, but they're doing more creator-owned stuff. And this comic is called Something is Killing the Children. And it's a horror comic book. And it's, the gist is basically, maybe some monsters are real. And I don't want to say much more than that because there's a lot of twists and turns. But I'm not usually into horror comics at all. But this one grabbed me immediately. It does a lot of good world building. It draws you in from like page one, two, and you're like, what is going on? And then there are some, there's a hero and maybe a, a backup, not a backup, a sidekick. And it's just very interesting. This whole, the whole first trade really kind of builds a world. I don't want to get, get too much into it because I don't want to ruin anything. But like I said, it's a horror comic. You find out some monsters are real. And I'll just say this, I enjoyed it so much that the second I put it down, I went online and ordered the second volume for when it comes out later this year. 
Cool. Maybe I'll have to pick that, <clears throat> pick up uh, yours <laughs> when you're done and see how it goes. Oh, well, I'm done. I, I read through it. I tore through it in a single night. Cool. More than welcome to borrow it. It sounds good. It sounds interesting. I'm, I've never really read that kind of genre, so it might be interesting to to get into Except, that. The last horror comic I, I got, it's, it's funny because... Uh, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase it. Horror comic. He's not really iterating much. Am I saying, does it sound like I'm saying horror comic? It does sound like you're saying horror comic, which is totally Sorry. different than horror. 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 Right. Horror comic. Yeah. Horror. <laughs> See? It's scary. It's okay. It's a scary yeah, comic. I want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to butcher his name, but this is written by... James Tinian, Tinian. Um, he's been writing uh, a lot of Batman the last few years. And it's funny because eh, a couple years ago, I picked up another horror comic by Scott Schneider called Witches. And I honestly, I don't think I finished it. Wow. I, I think I got about halfway through it. And I'm just like, yes, I'm, eh. it's usually not my style. I have a few. And I do enjoy the, the few that I have. I enjoy. It's kind of like metal with me. Uh, there's a few metal albums I have and I really like, but for the most part, it's not my genre. So, the fact that I love this one so much to immediately go out and order the second volume, I think speaks to its quality. So, but that's just my opinion. Cool, cool, cool. I just want to uh, clarify. It's it's called the letter for the king, not to the king. Um, Letter for the King King and another couple of nuggets. I forgot. How could I forget? I don't know this, but uh, Andy Serkis is in it as long as well as his daughter, Ruby Ashburn Serkis. Oh, so is he just as himself or is he as a weird thing? No, he's, he's, well, he's not Andy Serkis, but he's a human. Yes. He's just without, without makeup or anything. Okay. Yeah. So give it a watch. Um, that's what I think. Give it a watch. Letter for the king. Uh, for the king. So we are glad that you guys tuned in or listened in to this particular episode, even though it's a little little jumpy. We thank you for listening. If it's uh, your first time, thanks for listening and coming in. If it's your multiple times, we really thank you. Uh, the best thing you can do to help this podcast is to share it on your various uh, social media networks if you can. Michael, what social media networks do you follow? that you can get uh, answers for these folks. Uh, you can look for us at KyberCast, Twitter, at Instagram, and Facebook. And Michael usually does all the answering because he's much better at it than I am. Um, but you can, you know, once you share it, and please tell, you can find our podcast at pretty much any podcast RSS feed that's out there from Apple to Pocket Cast to Podbean, Stitcher, whatevs, wherever you get your podcast, even Google Podcast, believe it or not. Um, yeah, we're there. So and we're there. Like you said, with the Apple podcast. So as you know, I'm an Android guy. My, uh, my daughter just recently got into podcast, found our podcast on Apple podcasts. Nice. And said, there were reviews on there. I'm like, cause I, I'm sure I know, you know, you probably yeah. know already Joe, but I didn't cause I don't have access to Apple podcasts. Right. She actually read me a couple of the reviews and they were super nice. Very cool. I did not check, to be honest with you. I'll have to check because I'm supposed to get a, a readout, and I, they don't send I think me anything. We have so. Seven reviews, I think she said. Wow, cool. So not check it bad. out. I was I was touched. I mean, one good mm-hmm. review is all I really need. I mean, seven. I know. 
It's not well, six bad and one good's fine too. <laughs> well, yeah, she didn't say they were all good. She just said there were seven reviews. So you might, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it for this week. We hope you come back next week. We will get into what happens in the world um, in the future. We think it's important to talk about. Um, racial relationships and things we did we, we're not deaf to it we just didn't really know how to uh, address it in this particular episode michael and i did talk about it and um i think we'll try and have something uh special for soon. everyone too soon yeah like something soon it, it does mean something to us we're we're, we're we're both very um bothered by what's happening and um we didn't just throw it under the table here we just want to address things in a in, in a a more thoughtful way than um, our emotional way, because I think it might get away from us. So that being said, we, we do thank you all for listening. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.